Hi everybody, it's really good to see you here at CBC Online today and to be able to share some thoughts from God's Word with us. You've heard that we're in week four of our series called The Invitation. We are looking at the invitation of Jesus in the Gospels and thinking about what he calls his disciples into as they come to him. We've looked so far at the invitation to come follow, to come be, and last week we thought about the invitation to come see. And today's invitation is come rest. We've heard Matthew 11 verses 25 to 30 read to us. They're quite familiar words to some of us where Jesus calls us to come to him and rest. Open your Bibles and have a look at that again with me. Verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're thinking about what it is that Jesus invites us into, and one of those things is rest. We're not told to rest or suggested that we take a rest. The invitation is into a place of rest with Jesus, to a way of life which includes resting in him. So today we're going to think about this invitation, about what that means for us. Is Jesus calling us to a life of putting our feet up on the sofa and drinking tea? Of course he isn't. But what does it mean to follow Jesus and to be invited into his rest? I was thinking about the pause function on our TV, like this one. I've got the remote control just like this at home. I love the pause feature. It means in our house that we hardly ever watch TV in real time anymore. Either we record stuff to watch later or I put something on and then I pause it. Not all TVs have this function, but most do now. You can pause whatever is on the screen when you're watching it just with the press of a button. Just if you're watching a DVD, I guess, you can pause it if you want to stop mid-action. You decide in the middle of something you're watching that you want a cup of tea or the phone rings and you have the option to press pause. I love that. I love that I never have to watch adverts ever again if I don't want to. There are other things that we pause in the middle of them too, like music. You can pause a song when it's playing. I can work out on the treadmill and if I think I'm going to die, I can pause it while I recover my breath uh, before I carry on running again. Pause isn't the same as stop. You're not wanting to end the TV programme or the song. What you want is a temporary pause. We need to use the pause button in our lives, not to stop altogether, but temporary pauses that do us good. Jesus invites us into a life with him where the rhythm of pause and activity, where the rhythm of go and come is in sync in a way that blesses us. A life of rest that begins with rest from which work and activity and everything else flows. What is this rest that Jesus invites us into? The first thing I want to say about this rest is that it's God's design for his people. The people of God, as Jesus speaks these words, are under oppressive Roman rule. They long for a Messiah to come and bring them freedom. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God here in this whole passage that we've read. God is sovereign in who he chooses to reveal his truth to. Look at verse 25. And then verse 27, that God the Father has chosen to commit his sovereign nature to Jesus. Jesus 
reveals to us the Father. Jesus is a window through which we can see what God is really like. And then Jesus talks about the yoke. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Pharisees and religious leaders of Jesus' day often spoke of the yoke of the Torah, which had to do with the, the burden of the Jewish laws and commands placed on the people. Yoke as a burden, the weight of trying to keep the laws. In Acts 15, at the Council of Jerusalem, Peter talks about the yoke in his speech then, when he says that the Gentiles who have converted to Christianity don't need to live under the Jewish laws and rules any longer, that would become a burden to them. You'll find that in Acts 15, verse 10. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? A yoke as a burden and rules and regulations which are just impossible to live up to. A burden that we can't cope with. Jesus says here, he offers a very different kind of yoke. It's easy and it's light, not because it's less demanding, but because it's about relationship and not the law. Jesus redeems the law and in its place he offers rest, relationship with him. We're invited to an easy yoke, the place of rest. We're to put on a yoke which isn't a burden. What's happening here is a yoke exchange. Jesus takes the unbearably heavy yoke of sin's condemnation and the penalty of that. And he offers instead the easy yoke of the light burden that it is of simply trusting him. Jesus does all the work. And he gives us all the rest because it's rooted in relationship with him, the son of God. By saying yes to Jesus, we're saying yes to living in relationship with him. With no burden of sin and condemnation and law, Jesus calls us to himself where true rest is found. This past year of the pandemic has been wearying for us all, wearying in a way that is so much more than just physical busyness. This has been an impossible year. Some of us have found it a manically busy time. We've had too much to do. Others of us have had too much time. We found the time monotonous and lonely and isolating. But I think whoever we are, every single one of us has found it wearying, draining, it's not been life-giving. As we start to return and emerge into the world, I think the weariness can show itself even more, even more strongly. Weirdly, I almost feel more exhausted now that things are easing than back in January, perhaps, when life felt so hard going. People describe that the adrenaline disappears as things ease. I think it's quite common. The intensity and the coping mechanisms relax a bit and we breathe out and we realise how weary we are. Maybe that's you today too. I need to hear, and I suspect that we all do, that Jesus calls us to be yoked to him and to find rest in him. Into the reality of our lives pre-COVID and now as we negotiate this COVID landscape, Jesus invites us into rest. Jesus says, come, come and rest in me. 
So rest is God's design for the people of God. The second thing to say is that rest points us to the heart of Jesus. These verses are familiar, but there's a fascinating little phrase that Jesus uses about himself in verse 29, when he says, I am gentle and humble in heart. In the four gospel accounts of Jesus' life, that's 89 chapters of biblical text, there's only one place that Jesus tells us about his own heart. We hear about his life, his teaching, his travels, his ministry, his prayers. But this is the place where Jesus tells us about his very heart. And he draws back the curtain and his surprising statement is that he says he is gentle and humble in heart. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's not referring to the emotional life, but rather the centre of us, the centre of all of, of who we are, what defines us, what directs us. And what defines and directs Jesus is that for those who reach out to him, he is gentle and humble. This is who we are invited to share life with. I've been inspired by this book that I'm reading at the moment. It's called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And the whole book is about this phrase here in Matthew 11, gentle and humble, gentle and lowly, as he describes it. It's really devotional, but it's also theologically rich. I recommend it to you. If you are weighed down and heavy burdened, this gentle, humble Jesus invites you to a relationship of rest. If you are striving, if you are at the mercy of performance and expectation, come and find rest in Jesus. This pandemic may have left you weary as it has me. Come to the one who is gentle and humble in heart. We can lay our burden down here and find rest. Rest is God's design for his people. Rest points us to the very heart of Jesus. And rest is also countercultural. We live in a culture that is frenetic, a culture that is in love with the instant. Everything is available right now. Everything's got to happen right now. Our culture puts a huge amount of value on being busy. Jesus calls us to countercultural living as his disciples. And I want to say something about what it might mean to model margin, I've called it, in our lives as part of the countercultural way that Jesus calls us to live. In our household, Saturday morning is the time that we have set aside for homework. We try and get homework out of the way with our kids on a Saturday morning so that we can enjoy the rest of the weekend. Now, I've got two sons, and when they were in primary school, they were both taught early on that before they did anything else, they had to draw a margin in their books before they start writing. Now, it feels like a bit of a chore to do that every time. Get the ruler out, hold it straight, draw a line down the page before you even begin to write a word. It can feel a bit like a waste of time. But quite often when my kids were learning to write, they would miss out a word by mistake or a word would be a bit too long and it would go into the margin. You need margin there for those sorts of occasions. You need to draw the margin in before you start writing so that it's there when you need it. You have to draw margin in to your lives. Living counterculturally, living from a place of rest with Jesus, modeling that means that our lives need margin. Building margin into our lives is about putting enough space between all of our commitments, drawing a line at the outer limit 
of our commitments and our resources. A healthy margin, like in my kids' workbook, is about drawing and holding a line between the area where we live and work every day and the actual edge that we don't want to find that we've suddenly gone over. This image helps me. I think about this pandemic, which has made many people reassess what's important. I'm hearing over and over again, people are making positive decisions and choices and changes. Not wanting to be so busy again as life emerges into normality. Maybe choosing to celebrate the little joys that previously were taken for granted. Maybe wanting to prioritise and give more time to family and friends. Looking afresh at our lives and making adjustments. That's a good thing to come from this season, isn't it? It's made us all reevaluate. And one of the positive things we can think about is margin. What is that for you? so that you can operate from a place of rest going forwards? How do we build margin into our lives so that we flourish rather than overcommitting or focusing on the things that aren't so important? I feel that God's been speaking to me about saying the right yeses and the right noes. I felt he's been saying it's just as kingdom building to say the right no because that makes space for the right yes. It's not always easy. I'd want to say to all of us, think carefully about what that is and actually prioritising God's people, church, gathering in however it looks going forwards should be a priority for us. The Bible encourages us not to get out the habit of that. And of course, it's been tricky in this pandemic to gather. Everything's been so different. As we reevaluate the future, let's think about building in church community. That is so vital for our well-being. We're called to rest. We're called to Sabbath rest. Being with God's people regularly, that's part of our commitment to following him. So let's model a counter-cultural way of living where margin and rest is a hallmark. I encourage you to think about what that might mean for you. We are called to a life of rest as we take the yoke of Jesus, which is forgiveness and freedom. And that demonstrates in itself the way in our lives, building in rest and rhythm for our own good and for God's glory. And that points to my final thought today, which is that rest is a gift to us. We're invited to personal rest, but it's also a gift to a weary world around us. Rest is a gift to a weary, a weary world. We can model this, this notion of come rest to a tired and weary world. The invitation is personal first, Jesus calls me to come to him and find rest because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But then we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are his representatives in the world. We take this personally and then we ask ourselves, what does that mean for our community? What does it mean as we live in this post-pandemic, weary world, burdened with a yoke of fear and uncertainty going forwards? We can offer to people around us, this generous invitation to come and rest. We can be a people of rest. We can be a place of rest. We can find those places and provide those places for people to find comfort and recovery and renewal. As we work out what the landscape looks for us, as we open up services here, as our building gets busy again, as our alternative gatherings are able to get going again, as other initiatives can begin, as we look at our own lives again, 
part of the calling, part of the invitation is to find rest and then offer this countercultural rest to a weary world that desperately needs it. We can be praying and asking God how he wants us to do that. Come rest. Rest is God's design for his people. It points to the heart of Jesus who is gentle and humble. Rest is countercultural and rest is a gift to this weary world. Come rest. Let's pray together. And as we pray, let's respond to the invitation of Jesus to come and rest in him. He's saying that to you right now. Come rest, he says. I am humble and gentle in heart. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, we just pause and breathe deeply and rest in you. Would you help us to model countercultural living? where we build margin into our lives, prioritising the people of God and then asking how we can share this rest with our weary world. Jesus, breathe on us. Jesus, help us. Give us the gift of your rest, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everyone.